This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Hello, anglers. Welcome back to another episode of Shack Talk. It is our pleasure to bring you Season 3, Episode 4 of Shack Talk. Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri of Brewer Agri Outdoors. Come on in, grab a bucket, have a seat. We're going to talk ice fishing with you for the next half hour, 45 minutes, hour. I don't know. We don't know how long we're going to talk. We're just going to talk for a while. Brought to you by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear. Uh, you know, Kyle, it's amazing the uh, the people that are reaching out to us and telling us that they're listening to Shack Talk and that they love it and they and they love to hear uh, just the different experiences that we're able to share uh, from ourselves and our guests. And uh, we hope that people continue to reach out to us, whether it's through Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear, whether it's through Brewer Agri Outdoors or our own personal social media pages. Uh, reach out to us when you can and let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like because we absolutely love hearing from our fans. No doubt about it, Scott. It's uh, so much fun. This passion we all share for ice fishing. And, uh, you know, so many folks this time of the year, it's like uh, things are so hurried. They're so busy as we go through the holiday season, you know, that that Thanksgiving, the, the Christmas, the New Year's, all the holidays. And we have so many family get togethers and so many things we got to cross off the list. And now that's all behind us. Now, Hey, I know there's a lot of people who've been out ice fishing hardcore, but I think now we're going to see this big influx of of kind of everybody who has been too busy. They're going to be able to get out now too, and it's going to be all of us out there sharing that ice fishing experience, and that is so exciting. Yeah, now we get past the holidays. The holidays get to be so busy for a lot of different people, and you know, I, I want to make a comment about the holidays. This is something that I've thought of uh, a few times, but it never really hit home before. Uh, you know, ice fishing has a huge advantage over other outdoor sports that aren't going on right now because of Christmas. How many Christmas gifts are given out, purchased and given every year that is ice fishing related stuff instead of summer? I mean, who gives summer ice or summer stuff at Christmas? Everybody goes out and buys ice fishing stuff. I mean, it, because that's ice, what's in the sporting goods stores a, right now. And that's what's on everybody's mind at the time. They got such a huge advantage over everybody else because that's what everybody's thinking. They need a stocking stuffer. They need a, a little Christmas gift. You know, we on our radio show, we did all of these uh, different Christmas ideas, whether it's a, a stocking stuffer or a small or a big gift idea. And most of them were ice fishing related. They sure were. Maybe a few hunting things sprinkled in, but yep. the majority of them were ice fishing because that's what's on our mind. That's what's on our really on our hearts, and and we're we're wearing that on our sleeves, and we're ready to go <laughs> out there and just uh, chomping at the bit to get on the ice. If we haven't been there already, or or if we have been yep. out there, we realize what we need, you know, and we quickly put that on the list and hope that a, a family member or friend picks up yep. on that real quick, and yep. and away we go. Anyway, that, that just an unusual observation I just happened to think about, and all you guys get to hear about it straight off of my tongue so uh you know speaking of christmas gift ideas if you still want to get a christmas gift for uh somebody in your life an ice fisherman there are a lot of ice derbies that are starting to happen right now 
Uh, you can go out and purchase some tickets for an ice derby. Uh, whether or not you go along with them, uh, that'd be a great gift for your father, for your son. Go out and buy a couple of tickets and then tell them, hey, we're going to go fish this derby for a day. You know what, Scott? What's interesting to me is is these ice derbies. They're, they're a little bit different than, you know, your summer fishing tournaments. And, and I think we still have that element of competition. We still have winners. We still have losers. We still have places and, and how we finish in, in the standings. But yet these ice fishing derbies bring in so many more really, really cool things. You bring in the tradition of having fun with your buddies or your family while you're out there participating. You have the tradition of uh, socializing with all of the other competitors and participants. And many of them are you know, they're charitable events. So they're, they're fundraising, they're raising money for a good cause. So you can have that fun. You can ice fish, you can participate in all of that and still know you're doing something good. Yeah. It's a whole different experience. If you've never done any of the, uh, the derby style, we're not talking like the, you know, the competitive ice fishing circuit, you know, these are local ones, um, Minnesota, the Brainerd one is the, the, one of the biggest ones in the country. There's 10,000 people, every community, it seems like has one or two for certain different charities on their lakes. It could be a $5 entry. It could be a $50 entry, who knows? But, um, if you've never done one, it's not necessarily, most of them aren't an event where you're going to go out and try and catch a limit of fish that you're going to bring home and eat. You know, that's not what these are about. They're out, Go out, have fun, like you said. Um, spend some time with family. Spend some time with friends. If you do one of the bigger ones, like the Brainerd one, it is literally a spectacle to behold. Ten thousand people on a couple acres of ice. It's it's a lot of fun, a heck of a lot of fun. Um, but it's not necessarily a serious fishing event, but it can be too. You know, you're there to try and win a pickup truck. Um, if you've never done one, I highly recommend that you at least try one sometime this winter. Uh, look up one of your local ice fishing derbies and go out and go out and try it. You know, Kyle, uh, some way, you know, a lot of our listeners too, we kind of mentioned it a little bit already, but uh, we want people to look us up on Facebook. Go to Brewery Agro Outdoors, go to our Facebook page, uh, go to breweryagrooutdoors.com, uh, look at some of the stuff that we have on there. We've got all kinds of information. The reason why you guys are listening to us now, I would assume, is because you want, you want us hear the information that we're sharing. Um, and we do that no matter what media it is whether it's on facebook whether it's in our we have a few youtube videos out there um, whether it's in a seminar or here uh you know behind a microphone and we hope that all of you listeners will not only will will maybe take shack talk and build on that and go to brewery agri outdoors maybe go listen to some of our radio shows that we have on kfgo and kwsn every week we do an hour of this stuff every week talking outdoors and uh, so there's a lot of opportunities to uh, listen to us share the passion, and then hopefully then they can share the passion with some of their friends. And, and I would echo, Scott, the fact that uh, one of the reasons I enjoy talking about the outdoors and ice fishing is the fact that I learn so much from the guests we have on. Uh, we have we have experts and we have people with specific knowledge from certain locations or certain techniques who have mastered their craft and they they know this inside and out. And it's so much fun listening or sitting here talking with these individuals and, and just 
trying to, to soak in all of that information, all that knowledge and all of that experience that they have to share. It's uh, it, it is so much fun. It is. It is. And, you know, especially here on Shack Talk, but you said also on Gone Outdoors. Uh, we recently just did our one of our last Gone Outdoor shows. We had Andy Holt, who is a predator hunter. We had Derek Hansen. He's talking about a big fishing trip they do to KFGO every year. Uh, Eric Labupa is talking about uh, Travel Manitoba, which we're actually going to chat a little bit about Travel Manitoba coming up, not with Eric. Uh, we had Eric, I think, on our show last year, and we uh, very possibly might have him on our show again later this year also. But um, one of the one of the segments on today's show is going to be Mike Olson of Fish Addictions TV. Um, most of you know who Mike is. If you don't, you need to look up Fish Addictions because you will, if you like what we do, you're absolutely going to love the things that they do. Um, and we're going to chat about Wakuska Falls, Manitoba a little bit and all the trophy potential that they have up there. It's absolutely crazy. If you want to go out and catch big fish, uh, Wakusko Falls in northern Manitoba is the place to go. I am really excited to hear that one, Scott, uh, to hear what Mike has to say. He's been up in that area, you know, a couple, a couple, two, three times uh, at Wakusko Falls and uh, some of the areas in that region. And uh, just having seen snippets and some of the episodes that they've done um, at those locations really, really has me excited about what he has to share. Yeah, very much so. Um, and also we're going to have what kind of a going to be a fun segment for me is we're going to have Adam Brewer, who is uh, who is my son. And this is the first time we've actually had him behind the microphone. So we'll see how he does. But um, we're just going to be talking and we're going to talk about something that that he does quite often and that I do once in a while. And that's doing some lure modifications because there's so many different lures out there on the market. The reason why there's so many different ones, because there are way more applications than what we have lures. And there's a lot of times that the lures that you have in your tackle box might not be the best lure for that day. So you might have to be able to make modifications. And there's a lot of, a lot of times that the best lure to use for certain things aren't even made yet, you know, where you might need to modify the size or the shape or whatever. And, and just to, to, validate uh adam is not just scott's son so he gets an invite to sit in that chair <laughs> if i'm not mistaken he's caught bigger walleyes than both you and i together he has he has on on these type of lures so um it, it should be a great segment so uh stick around next segment we're gonna have adam brewer tip and tactic segment talking about lure modification and then the third segment we will chat with mike olson about northern manitoba so uh stick around and we will be right back Introducing an entirely new class of ice augers, the gas-powered F1 and propane-powered P1 rocket augers from Eskimo. These ultra-lightweight augers run fast, spin fast, and cut fast, thanks to their performance-tuned engines, high-speed transmissions, and all-new cast bottoms. All Eskimo power augers feature an industry-leading five-year warranty. Get assurance. Get reliability. Get Eskimo. Learn more at GetEskimo.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Shack Talk. This is segment two of episode four, uh, and it's and it's kind of nice to uh, get into the season now because that means that uh, we've been out ice fishing for a little while, and uh, we can kind of delve into some of these 
tips and tactics that uh, people are really starting to realize throughout this season, you know, stuff they may have learned a little bit last season and they want to uh, explore a little bit with it more now this season, now that they've got a few fish under their belt and they've caught a few fish. Uh, so on this tip and tactic segment, we have with us Mr. Adam Brewer. He's, uh, he's my son, and I'm glad to have him in studio with us so that he can share some of his knowledge and some of the things that he's been able to figure out. And we're going to chat about lure modification. You know, there's so many different lures on the market. There's always new ones coming out, new colors, new shapes, new sizes, new designs. And there's a reason for it is because there's, there's always something new. There's always something that the fish haven't seen. But one of the things we figured out is you don't have to wait for the manufacturer to make what we want made. We can take standard lures and we can make a few different modifications of different types, and we'll talk about some of them. And you can make a lure that fits what you need, whether it's a certain depth, a certain sound, a certain color. Um, that way you can test out your own theories if you think that the fish are going to be biting on this type of bait or they need to hear this type of a sound you can create that and test your own theories and see if it'll help you put more fish on ice welcome adam the shack doc nice to have you here thanks for having me so uh let's talk about some of the different types of lure modifications and why we might want to do it um first off let's we should probably tell people that your biggest walleye ever and I'm not going to say how big it was because it pisses me off that you caught a bigger walleye than I ever will in my whole life, um, was caught on a lure that we modified in our basement. That's correct. And and how big was this, this walleye? Where was it at? Uh, what was the lure modification? So uh, it doesn't take, it's not too far of a leap, but uh, Lake Winnipeg, um, as many people know, obviously the fish up there are just bigger, so it's a little bit like cheating. Um, but, uh, it was 31 and a half inches, uh, 14 and a half pounds, which is a monster sized walleye. That's for, for a lot of guys, a 30 inch walleye, 10 pound walleye is a fish of a lifetime. Um, and a 14 pound walleye obviously is a fish of many lifetimes. So, uh, congratulations on that. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a little bit of a bittersweet moment just cause I know that I'll probably never catch one that big again, but <laughs> Got to keep trying, right? Got to keep trying, and and that was on a lure that we that we wanted to uh, make some changes because we had some thoughts that uh, we were actually using the what was the hottest ice lure on the market for Lake Winnipeg at the time, and probably still is. It was a live target golden shiner, but we didn't necessarily like the way it looked, so we changed it a little bit. We sure did. Uh, one of the things that we saw was uh, stripes seemed to work really well. Um, and at the time, Live Target just didn't have anything with stripes on it. So uh, we took a little bit of paint and we drew our own stripes on, and uh, that seemed to be the ticket that day. And Adam, when you when you talk about stripes, now we were talking the fact that there was a recognition on Lake Winnipeg that there are perch. There's perch as part of the forage base. It may not be number one on that pyramid or whatever, but it, it certainly is part of those fish's diet. And so you were able to modify that lure to to, to replicate some of the things that they might be feeding on, Correct. and 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 yeah, it was a it was a great fish, but it wasn't the only fish you caught on that lure. Also true, there was uh, there were a couple more caught on that same lure that uh, that definitely came in handy that day. So, but. 
And along those same lines, uh, my biggest walleye ever, which also came from Lake Winnipeg, um, was caught on basically that same program. It was a smaller size golden shiner than what you were using and a different base color. Uh, and, and I put different colored stripes on it than what you had did, but basically the same thing where we just added stripes. And it was so simple, so easy to do. It was basically a little craft project we did. We, what, tell them what we did, how we did those, and how easy it is to do. So honestly, I'm one of the least artistic per- people in the history of the world. <laughs> and, uh, and it was very simple. Uh, one of the most simple modifications you can make is take a little bit of paint, and uh, just draw some stripes on. It takes two seconds to do each lure, uh, let it dry, and go out and catch some fish. Um, the stripes seem to make a world of a difference, um, especially where uh, colors and patterns that stripes aren't available. Um, it definitely seems to make a world of difference for a very minimal amount of work. So, and, and lo and behold, right now, Live Target has come out with a brand new golden shiner that is uh, colored and, and formulated to look just like a perch. Correct. So, uh, you know, when you talk about... Uh, flattery as far as as, uh, as a, a company trying to copy what what other people have done they finally caught on to the the fact that maybe this is a a relevant pattern and and a lure that might work yeah so it's uh so it's kind of funny we actually uh after we caught the fish um sent a picture to him with the lure hanging out of its mouth um so i'm not gonna try and take credit for it but we definitely sent them the idea and they copied it so yep and 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 that's good you know there's there's a million different ideas and that's kind of a part of the reason why we had this segment there's a million different ideas out there there's a million different lures and there's more every year and the reason why there's more every year because not everything's been thought of yet Correct. everybody's got their own ideas as to what might work and might what might not work and th- this is just a great great point that there's no reason why you can't try and do your own when we when we painted those custom painted those uh, we just used a paint stick a standard paint stick yes after an outing um, the paint would generally wear off but now you're back to your base lure i mean it was a test if it worked great if it didn't work great uh you know you learned a little bit from it hopefully you caught some fish and it's it doesn't have to be permanent uh, but there are a lot of guys custom painted crankbaits are really becoming super super popular uh, especially in the summertime uh, you go to any nwt tournament or any of the big pro tournaments every one of those guys has got literally thousands of dollars of custom painted crankbaits because they've they've been to a certain area they went to at lake lewis championship last year they uh, they figured out a certain color that they that they needed, and then they had these baits painted to that color, and they ended up winning championships because of that, because of custom painted lures. So um, this lure modification isn't a new thing, and you can go as far as you want with it. But uh, custom painting is very very popular, whether it's commercially done or whether you do it at home. Correct. So other items that you can do besides changing the appearance of of allure is you can kind of change the way it works you talk about summer crankbaits um what are some of the things that we've done where you can take a summer crankbait and go out and use it under the ice yeah we uh we found once again lake winnipeg that's kind of our uh little bit of our testing ground just because uh, we do spend quite a bit of time up there i will say the testing ground for this lure was my hot tub also true initially well, the, uh, one of the things when you're modifying lures, to go off topic here a little bit, um, is action plays a very important part, um, especially when you start adding weights to things, um, just because it is going to change how the lure reacts, how it fishes, how it 
um, how it acts when you jerk it, how it acts when you rip it, how it acts when you shake it. Um, so just being able to see the lure in action is one of the most important parts um, when you're trying to craft a little bit of your own concoctions. Um, you know, so one of the things that we did is we put it in the hot tub. You know, you have a nice three, four feet of water to play around with, and you can actually see the lure swim, and you can see it dive, um, and you can see how it acts. Um, and that's probably one of the most important parts is just seeing it in action, um, which is hard to do when you're obviously fishing in a boat and it's 20 feet below, you're never going to see it. So um, yeah, definitely it, play around with it before you take it out because that's could give you some insight or some clue as to how it's going to work and what the fish are seeing and maybe – catch more fish yeah if you don't have a if you don't have some way to test it before you get out on the ice at least drop it in the hole and watch it um, while it's while it's just sitting down there drop it down right below the ice a little bit and then give it some action because that, that's so important you got to know what that lure is doing uh, you know because you can see it on your vexilar you can see the lure you can see the fish and when you're when you jig it you need to know what that fish is doing and and what that lure is going to do if you rip it hard or if you just shake it a little bit and that way you can judge when when a fish disappears or you're trying to judge a fish's reaction you know what it's reacting to otherwise you have no clue what it's even going to react to Adam, as you're, as you're looking at uh, kind of experimenting with lures and trying to figure out uh, what new type of lure, what new type of action is going to work, are you envisioning this in your head to start with, or is it kind of like a mad scientist where you're just out there and you're going to try a bunch of things until you see something that you like? And once you see it, you recognize, hey, that's going to be a really good thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, a little bit of both for sure. I mean, you know, going into it, you kind of have an idea of what you want, Um you know, like uh, what Scott was leading into here was uh, Lake Winnipeg. We used the big, long jerk baits um, because they had the shape and a profile that we wanted. Um, but obviously, their lip crankbaits, you can't really use them in the winter just because there's no weight to them. So the, the number one thing is we wanted to get it down to the bottom. That's what we were shooting for. Um, and so we put a weight on the, the center treble hook um, just above it and just to be able to get it down. And it ended up working out very well because it, it gave it a little bit of more of an action than we thought it was going to. Um, going into it, like I said, our idea was we just need to get it to the bottom. Um, but it ended up being very successful um, just because of the action that we didn't account for that created by having the weight in the middle um, and then the, the two ends being a little bit lighter. Um, gave it a nice little wobble that the walleye seemed to like that day. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, a little bit of both for sure. There's some unintended consequences. Um, you know, when you start adding weights to weird places, um, you get some kind of weird actions, but sometimes those weird actions are what the fish want. Um, you know, one of the more successful lures as of late have been the jigging wraps, um, just because they're erratic, they're crazy. They, they dart and they dash and they do all kinds of stuff. Um, which, I mean, that's, that's what the walleyes want when they're swimming by, they don't have any choice but to eat it. Um, just cause it's a reactionary strike. So some of those weird type of things that you think might be kind of interesting, definitely try them out. Um, just because some of that stuff is a lot more effective than you think it will be. So, you know, and that's a great, that's a great example of, it's not necessarily a lure modification, but it's using a lure for something it wasn't designed for. Those jigging wraps have been out for years and years and years as an ice fishing lure, and they work amazing. And then, was it eight, nine, ten years ago, Al Linder started to use these through open water, and right now it's probably the hottest walleye presentation out there, especially mid to late season. It's crazy how many walleyes have been caught on this ice fishing lure that nobody would have used for ice fishing until somebody tried it. So um, don't be afraid to reach into your tackle box and pull out stuff. 
Uh, like I said, all of your summer crankbaits, we all have a pile of summer crankbaits. They are all usable in the wintertime. You just got to take them out and play with them a little bit, figure out where you want to attach some weights to, uh, which treble hook you want to attach weight to, and then and then play with it a little bit, whether it's uh, in the hole or in your bathtub or in your hot tub or in a swimming pool or wherever. Just go out and try different actions. And if you're going to a place that has large fish, if you're fishing for trophy fish, you go to Lake of the Woods, you go to Devil's Lake, Lake Winnipeg, Lake Manitoba, any of those lakes where there's a lot of trophy fish, you'd be amazed on how fast they'll scarf down one of your great big number nine shad wraps or or one of those lures that you're going to use all summer long. Um, but there's other, you know, let's talk real quickly about another application for this. Um, and it's very similar again. Going into the your summer tackle box, especially for you bass guys, you got probably a bunch of frogs and that kind of stuff. If we go to Lake Winnipeg, why don't you tell a story of, of a buddy of ours, Mike Tool, who has taken that mentality and he's kind of used it through the ice and it's worked very, very well. Yeah, so uh, last year uh, we went up to Lake Winnipeg with uh, Mike Tool, uh, Brewery Agri Outdoors contributor, a uh, good friend of ours. And uh, I've, I've seen so many things now, so many lures that shouldn't work, um, but end up working that I shouldn't have been surprised. Um, but he showed up with a live target frog, um, definitely made for bass lures. I mean, it, it's shaped like a frog. It's meant to be casted like a crankbait. Um, and he decided to put a weight on the front of it. Um, so it, we're fishing up a little bit shallower up in the muddy flats. Um, and what that did is it actually caused an action where the 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 frog was kind of hanging out on the bottom kind of sticking up looking like he was digging in the mud a little bit and honestly he was fishing in the house next to me and he yelled over when he caught his first fish and i was flabbergasted he caught anything and he ended up out fishing everybody else on the lake that day including the biggest and most and, and the interesting thing adam with that you know we all looked after we we were marveled or just surprised at uh, this fish that he caught, and we all looked up the other direction, which was the mouth of the Red River in the Red River Delta, and it was nothing but cattails for miles, and we yep. knew it's nothing but cattails for miles going further back. So whether they were frogs or not in the exact location we were fishing, we knew those fish had been feeding at some point during the fall and winter on frogs, and it was like something clicked. Yep. It just takes the initiative to go outside the box and try it. Yeah. So, it, like I said, something trying all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, there's nothing too weird. Um, I think you'd be very surprised at the amount of fish you can catch on something that, in your head right now, doesn't make a whole lot of sense until you try it. So, you know, and another advantage of it too is, you know, I'm a firm believer that fish do get accustomed to to certain things, especially you you go up. Let let use Winnipeg as an example again. You go you go to uh, the main mouth of the river and literally every weekend uh there's thousands and thousands of people out there in that south basin all winter long yep. uh, most of them are using lures that are similar there's some that'll use something different um but anytime there's a new lure on the market it seems like that does really well for a while because the fish haven't seen it and you know let's think about it come on listeners think how many people do you think have used a frog on lake winnipeg through the ice probably 
Very, very few. Less than three. Yeah, very, <laughs> very few. And and it's it's classic because we know those fish are feeding on them during different times of the year. They see a frog, it, it triggers a feeding response, and they haven't seen one. They're not going to see one from any of these other guys that are out there fishing. And that's just a great example as to why we might want to think about doing some lure modification. So, yeah. All right, Adam, we really appreciate you coming on today, sharing some of your experiences. Hopefully that can help some of our listeners uh, catch more fish. I know uh, just some of the interactions that you and I have had over the years have been able to do that, where we put our heads together and been able to uh, come up with a plan to put a few more fish on the ice. All right, uh, listeners, uh, we will be back here after the short break, and we will have a very nice location destination segment with Mike Olson from Fish Addictions TV. For the past half decade, ION has been the best-selling and highest-rated electric auger on the ice. It was also the first high-performance ice auger powered by lithium-ion technology. No other electric ice auger shreds faster, cuts smoother, or drills through more ice on a single charge. Whether re-drilling old frozen holes in your shack or running and gunning across the lake, ION is the perfect auger for you. Trust the proven performance of ION and make the switch to electric this ice fishing season. Visit us at ioniceaugers.com. Welcome back to this segment of Shack Talk. Uh, for those of you who are regular listeners of the podcast, you know that this third segment is dedicated to a location or destination where uh, we might add a place that we want to uh, ice fish, either right now or down the road, part of our bucket list, uh, just someplace that's interesting, someplace we maybe have never been or maybe someplace we've been and uh, we want to go back and we want to welcome Mike Olson, host of Fish Addictions TV, to this segment uh, to share with us a little bit about a destination he has recently been to, and that is uh, northern Manitoba and specifically the Wakusco Falls area. Mike, welcome to Shack Talk. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's always fun to talk ice fishing, especially with you, Mike. I know that uh, that you and your fish addictions crew are getting ready to uh, kick off your fourth season of that uh, of that effort and that TV show. Uh, very very exciting to see things continue to grow in in your efforts there and uh, in this area. Wakusco Falls is that is going to be your first episode of the season. Am, am I correct in that? Yeah, absolutely. We got a chance to get out there early ice. When we didn't have ice, they had 20 inches up there. So we were able to load everything up and get on the ice before uh, we even we even imagined. So, so Mike, uh, your first episode is going to be aired when? What What's the date and what are the channels? If, if anybody's listening to this uh, right now and it hasn't aired yet, where, where can they find that? It'll be uh, Fox Sports North, Fox Sports Wisconsin at 10.30, January 6th, Sunday, January 6th. And then we also release it on our YouTube channel, YouTube channel at Fish Addictions TV, uh, right following after. So by noon, it'll be on uh, YouTube as well. So then anybody after that point, if they don't, if they can't catch it on live TV, they'll be able to go to uh, your YouTube channel, Fish Addictions YouTube channel, and they can find it there. Right, and it actually airs on Sunday and then Friday and Saturday after that too. So, uh, three o'clock on on Fridays, four o'clock on Saturdays. So, we'll basically play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but the new ones always come out on Sundays. 
That is that is awesome, and uh, congratulations on another uh, another season coming out here. And I know you've been hard at work. You've been to several destinations getting ready for this season, and and as I said, one of those destinations was Wakusco Falls, Manitoba. Uh, 20 inches of ice before we had ice down here. Give our listeners just a sense of scope as far as how far north this destination is and, and how far it is when you leave home or cross the border until you are there ready to start ice fishing. Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say is don't be scared to travel. Um, you know, a lot of guys think about going up into Canada, and this is 11 hours from my doorstep here. Uh, but, you know, my first time thinking about going that far into Canada, I was a little nervous myself. Uh, but to be honest, it, it, it's nothing that you think it is there's gas stations along the way there's tar roads the whole way because i get that's probably the biggest question i get is how much gravel did you have to drive on it and not not any at all so uh as long as you plan your trip make sure that you do your due diligence and, and take the gas stops into consideration it's 11 hours from my doorstep in uh, grand forks north dakota all the way to Wakusco falls so to put that in perspective uh, for folks who might be in other areas, once you cross the Canadian border, uh, I'm assuming you're about an hour from the border approximately. So it's about 10 hours north of the border. Yep. Yep. But it's uh, it's absolutely unbelievable up there. So and in, in, in these trips that you guys did, um, you know, they're not necessarily guided trips. I mean, this is something that the average ice angler, like you said, do a little planning. You, I think you can go to huntfishmanitoba.com and you can get all the information you need to plan a trip like this. And you can just go out and you can do these trips on your own. I mean, it's not like this is a big, huge, expensive fly-in trip. Um, all of this stuff is within everybody's reach. Absolutely. Uh, you know, going up there the first time, I've been up to Wakusco Falls now twice. And Brian, the owner of the lodge there, he does guided trips. He does trips where he'll point you in the right direction, and you can go up there and just do what you want to do. Now, I would suggest going up that far to take the information that you can get from the people that are fishing there every day, whether you want to be guided from them or not. Obviously, you going up there, they want you to have a successful trip. And, and it's also, you got to remember, it's bodies of water that none of us have been on. And so just traveling there in general, it's nice to know, you know, a general direction, I think Brian and the guys at Wilcusco do a really good job of just keeping people on the right track and also pointing them in the right direction, which I think is super important when you're going to make those trips. Great advice, Mike. Great advice for folks to not be afraid to, to go ahead and, and step out of that comfort zone and step out of the, the familiar territory. That's that 100-mile radius of your home and, and go out and try something new. Go someplace new because... Uh, Really, really highly doubt that anybody would regret the uh, experience they'll have when they do that. Uh, before we talk about some of the fishing opportunities there, Mike, let's talk a little geography because what I was so amazed at was the fact that uh, we talk about Wakusco Falls, and that's actually Wakusco Falls Provincial Park in northern Manitoba, but there are, I mean, literally millions of acres of water that's fishable up there within a short distance from that centralized point. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the experience you've had up there and which lakes you've fished and which ones you might recommend as far as uh, targeting when someone's planning a trip. Uh, we fished a couple different lakes. Uh, when we were targeting walleyes, we were actually on Lake Wakusco, which is uh, a half mile 
snowmobile ride through the trees down onto the lake or Reed Lake, which is about a half-hour drive from Wakusco Lodge, but that's where they're targeting more of their lake trout, big pike, and even bourbon. You know, as bourbon has gotten so popular down here in the States, there's a lot of people going up there just to fish bourbon, which is which is pretty cool to see that it's kind of, you know, flowing north and people are making those trips for that. One thing I might add before we get away from it is, is the one thing I think people don't think about down here in the States is the fact that you can most of the time ice fish before Thanksgiving and through April up there. So before a month before and a month after, they're still ice fishing up there. So those guys that maybe aren't done ice fishing or can't wait to get on the ice, those are trips that they should start thinking about. Planning them early and planning it late to extend your season. That is some more great, great advice. Uh, you mentioned a few of the lakes up there, and and those lakes are within that that region of uh, the Wakusco Falls Lodge, the Wakusco Falls Park, um, and all within a short radius of of that centralized location. You have trophy potential for walleye, pike, lake trout, uh, as you said, burbot. Um, what were some of the species that you targeted when you were up there? Uh, well, we went up there last spring. And, and we did all of them. We actually went up there to to just kind of see what it had to offer. We were up there four days, and we fished a different species every single day. Uh, we caught trophy eel pout. We caught trophy lake trout. We caught trophy walleyes, and we caught trophy pike. It was an unbelievable experience. You know, you, you go to a place, and you can just feel how special it is, and you don't see other people on the ice, and, and you, that opportunity is there on every single drop. That is Wakusco Falls Lodge. Uh, it's it's one of those places when, when a mark shows up on your Vexlar or, or, or on your screen in general that you get butterflies in your stomach because it truly could possibly be a fish of a lifetime. So, and when you guys were there last year, um, or it would have been late ice season last year, it was end of March, early April, right? Yep, yep. So that's when most, like you said earlier, that's when most guys are already done ice fishing for the year. You know, they're they're thinking about maybe uh, going out and sitting in a turkey blind or or going yep. out and starting to get their boat ready. And that's just a great example that you can extend that season, that ice fishing season. And, you know, the weather, uh, what was the weather like up there? You know, here the weather is beautiful. It's beautiful fishing weather, but it's still, uh, it couldn't have been that cold up there yet, was it? No, I mean, we still had four feet of ice up there, and we were wearing sunglasses and putting sunscreen on, and it was absolutely beautiful up there. I mean, that's those are the times to take advantage of it, you know, in the end of, and when our ice season is ending and it's not safe ice here, you go 10 hours north, and they're still ice fishing for three to four weeks, and that's really some of the best time to ice fish when that ice is starting to maybe take the turn and but you still have a month of good ice i mean just like it is around here it's it's just as good a fishing up there so and the, and to catch a, a a master angler lake trout and a master angler walleye and a master angler burbot and a master angler pike all in the same trip you know that that's four bucket list trips all in one trip i mean it's it sounds like it so, sounds like a no-brainer yes absolutely and it's a straight trip. I mean, honestly, you jump on, and I think you take one right turn once you get past one <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. And, I mean, you just keep going. And it's absolutely unbelievable country. Uh, Brian at, at Wakusco Falls is top-notch. He's the hardest-working guy I've ever fished with in my life. 
and uh, he takes it very serious, whether you're fishing with him as a guide or whether he's putting you guys on fish. He wants to make sure for one, first and foremost, you're safe. Second, he wants you to come back. He wants you to be on fish, whether you want to go out and do it yourself or you want him to point you in the right direction. A lot of guys also, you know, hire him for a day just so they get kind of the lay of the land, which isn't a, a bad idea if you're up there four or five days. You know, get a guide for one day. Let them show you the lay of the land. They're happy to do that. You know, speaking of the lay of the land, Mike, and and um, not just the natural beauty and the scenery, but sometimes folks worry when they go that far and that distance what they're going to have as far as accommodations, what's there in terms of infrastructure. But as I was doing some some checking, and, and you can confirm or deny this, but uh, Wakusco Falls is a full-service lodge year-round. They do summer fishing, bear, uh, bear hunting. They do ice fishing year-round. There is... Uh, there's snowmobiling groom trails for folks who like to ride. You can do some of that. And there's a, there's a town not more than about 15 miles away, Snow Lake, a small little mining town up there. And uh, it yep. sounds like they have a lot to offer as well. Yeah, they've got all the amenities right there. But like you said, you're 15 minutes away and you don't feel like you're near anything, which is something I love. I love being out there away from everything. And having the choice, if you you know if you do forget something, or you need oil for your snowmobile, or you need some gas, they've got it all. You know they're they're definitely prepared for anything. Before we um, go any further, Mike, I have to ask you this question because uh, certainly people uh, you know people around here are familiar with the uh, the greenback walleye of Lake Winnipeg, and that's that's a Manitoba hallmark there when you think about that fish. But uh, Wakusco Lake has the golden walleye. And um, I imagine you you were able to catch a few of those when you were up there. What makes that walleye so special in that particular body of water? You know, they're just uh, they're just so abundant. Uh, I mean, I think honestly, in that episode, we caught three hundred walleyes, and they're just just super clear water, and they they eat like they've never eaten before. And that's kind of classic Canadian. You know, when everybody thinks about going to Canada, that's kind of what they think about, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Exactly. It is. You know, uh, and besides just fishing too, you know, if you got guys in your group that, uh, you know, if you're going up there with a big group of people and you're going to bring some gear maybe or or maybe just let them use the, their gear so that you don't have to bring so much up there. But uh, it sounds like there's some pretty amazing snowmobiling opportunities up there too. So uh, there's opportunities for more than just fishing. You know, if you have people that maybe don't want to do quite as much fishing and want to do more of the, the trail riding and the snowmobiling and the sightseeing, that's there too. You know, there's so many Absolutely. opportunities up there. Absolutely. I mean, it is true wilderness. You can The cabins are, are luxurious. You've got cable TV. You've got stove tops. I mean, just like you would anywhere around here, it's all the amenities are there. The lodge is open. Brian's wife is an absolute amazing cook, and it's just a nice place to sit down. And, and when we were up there filming, we spent two, three, four hours a day in the lodge just BSing with each other and, and just having a good time and talking to all the other fishermen that are up there at the same time because, remember, it is a lodge, so there's going to be 20, 30 people in camp at times, at some time. Sometimes it might just be you guys, but but there's always somebody to talk to, always something to bounce ideas off of. And it's one of those destinations. I just really, truly think that it's one of those places everybody should experience. And and doing what I do, I get to experience these places and and take it all in. And this is a place 
you know, I'll be going back to year after year after year. In fact, I'm going back in April. So, so that, that was my next question is a lot of destination trips. We like to think are, a, are a bucket list item where you, you want to do it once sometime in your life, but then there's others that start out that way and then they become a annual destination, something you're going to do every year and you've done it. You want to go back. You want to keep going back and you want to keep going back. And it sounds like this isn't necessarily a bucket list item. It's something that you need to do uh, to make sure that you get it into your rotation of, of possible fishing trips every year, every other year, as often as you can get there. Yeah. Like I tell people, how many honest destinations can you go to no matter where they're at, where you can catch a master angler, of four to five different species honestly and have a good time good you know a, a good chance of doing it and in fact we did it last year in april we caught four master anglers of four different species and it was uh it was amazing that's it was, it was a it was truly amazing that that sounds exactly as you described it amazing Mike, as we look at uh, maybe scrolling back or zooming out on the google earth we we, we take a bigger picture look you were mentioning as we were talking uh, off air here that uh, there's a lot more to in in northern Manitoba beyond Wakusko Falls. What are what are some of the other destinations you've been to that might be within a couple hours of Wakusko? Uh, we fish Clearwater Lake, which is a little bit south of of Wakusko, so it's a little bit closer. Uh, and we've also fished Lake Athapath, which we filmed last year, which we caught. Correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe the biggest. Wow, lake trout ever caught through the ice at 43 inches and the thing was just giant and uh the place was just loaded full of fish and it, it, that was an experience in itself as well and that was lake athapath that was up near flintflon and so and, and that's about an hour and a half away from where wakusko is and just as big as that lake trout was was the reaction of everybody on the show when he caught it <laughs> I was, it was unbelievable. I was 200 yards away from him, could hear him screaming. So I knew it was big. (laughs) Oh, and folks, if you're listening and you've not seen that episode, you got to go back and watch it because that is an absolute monster of a lake trout. And, uh, and that wasn't the only one you caught, right, Mike? I mean, you, you, that was a very, very successful trip. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I don't know exactly how many fish we put on the ice. It was a lot probably between 60 and 70 between the four days we were up there filming, but that one definitely took the cake and definitely took, definitely took all the stardom out of all the other fish. When you have (laughs) that big big come up through the ice and and the reaction that big will had bringing it through the ice. uh, I think it, I think he said something like welcome to the Thunderdome or something like that. And it was, it was (laughs) totally worth it. It was pretty cool. And, and experience those, those fish are just giant up there. And that's what you get in Northern Manitoba in general, you know, as a kid, uh, growing up, we went to northern Manitoba, and that's all I remember is we were always catching big fish. And as adults now with kids and, and loving the sport like we do, I think a, a destination trip, and, and I think it depends on who you are and, and what your capabilities are, uh, northern Manitoba should be a place that is on your bucket list. Get up there and experience it once because you will talk about it for the rest of your life. I promise you that. Those memories are worth making, and that is exactly the kind of place to go to make those memories that will last a lifetime. Mike, uh, it's been so fun visiting. Um, share with the listeners again just your Fish Addictions TV show. You and your your whole crew are are 
you're traveling to ice fishing destinations, some of them close to home, some of them far away like Wakusco, and, and you share it with all of, of your viewers, where can they find that show again? Uh, Fox Sports North, uh, starting January 6th at 1030, uh, also on our YouTube page, and Fox Sports Wisconsin, again at 1030. And uh, we're just a bunch of guys that love to have fun. We're out there fishing, we're, and what we hope the listeners or the watchers get out of it is the fact that ice fishing is fun. Uh, you can also learn, have fun, catch a bunch of fish, give each other a hard time. And to me, that's what ice fishing's always been about. So that's what we're trying to portray in our show. And I think we do a pretty good job of it week in and week out. And, uh, you know, if you if you see us out and about, stop and say hi. I think that's uh, that's the coolest thing when we're out fishing. Maybe we'll get on the ice. Uh, I just appreciate everybody that watches and everybody that takes the time to say hi. It's just a really cool experience for us because we're just fishermen and we just love to fish just like everybody else. And we've just been blessed by God to be able to share that with everybody. And I think that's the coolest part about it. Yeah, and kudos to you, Mike, for uh, doing that, for just being an open book and uh, and just being an average angler just like everybody else and sharing your experiences. And uh, and. We should also mention uh, that website again, huntfishmanitoba.com, because anything we're talking about in Manitoba as far as hunting and fishing opportunities, especially up north, um, all that information is on there. You know, there's videos, there's maps, there's links to pretty much everything. And um, I believe they just came out with a brand new website here. So uh, any of our listeners, if you're interested in anything in Manitoba, whether it's way up north, whether it's Lake Winnipeg or Lake Manitoba or any of those, um, go to that website, huntfishmanitoba.com. Fantastic. Mike, thanks for joining us today and uh, taking some time to visit. We really appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks, guys. And thanks, folks, for listening in. We appreciate you taking time to uh, listen and join us on Shack Talk. Thank you to Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear, GetEskimo.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And follow Scotty and I through Brewer Agri Outdoors on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Folks, until next time, be safe and get out there and have some fun going fishing.